Welcome back to Podcast One of 2024. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at the Asbreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Asbreakers. This episode is brought to you by BetMGM. For an up to $1,500 sign up bonus, please visit this podcast description. Click on the link, terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support the Asbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theosbreakers.com. Click shop, become a member, pick any for win cappers, get their premium plays before the line moves. Or you can also support us. On Patreon.com, but if nothing else, please visit the Icebreakers and become a free picks and Telegram subscriber. Happy New Year, my friends, and I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's weekend and week. <laughs> some of you were off, some of you had to work. Totally get it. Uh, we had a amazing college football invitational yesterday. Uh, two of the best games I've seen all year were literally back to back. So I was pretty excited last night watching those games. And hey, we hit our bets. You know that was that was huge after a really rough NFL Sunday, one of the roughest ones I had. Uh, no line value in this world could save me <laughs> on Sunday. But uh, either way, really good to have a good Monday and uh, really excited for the college football national championship between. Washington and Michigan so uh, that was what we predicted I still have Michigan winning it all looks like the spread opened up at three and a half over Washington now it's up to four and a half you know it's interesting I think that it's that key injury to Johnson number seven they're running back on Washington that might have moved that line a little bit I I think it is a massive injury I wonder if he can make it back in a week's time to play against Michigan uh I think he's an X factor and the next guy, you just never know. You know, he could be really good and he probably has a higher propensity of fumbling the ball. So uh gonna dive into this game a little bit more uh before our next episode that comes out on Friday morning because right now it is all about college basketball, baby. We're gonna be switching our focus to college basketball. Still gonna be a few uh early podcasts for throughout the NFL season. And then obviously college basketball takes over and we're going to be going over predicted lines for the weekend, uh, giving out plays for your Saturday and Sunday pleasure. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. And there was, as usual, a lot of it. Now for the good, Chicago Bears, you know, uh Busted up my teaser. I thought Atlanta was going to keep it closer than that. But now they're winning by margin against some of these average-ish teams. Actually, there's a lot of slightly below average teams, and I would put Atlanta in that category. But the heck, what are the Bears now? You know, formidable. And they're going to play the Packers, and they are only a three-point dog right now. The Packers need to win to get in. So uh, that's going to be an interesting weekend. Holy cow. It, it's frustrating as a Bears fan because you choked away three almost guaranteed wins. 90, the, the Lions game was over 98% towards the end. The uh, uh, Denver game was quite high. Uh, and the other choke against Cleveland was ridiculous. It's like if you just get one of those wins, you might be getting going to the playoffs. Just one of them. But 
very frustrating to see this team doing so well now and not have a chance to get in the playoffs. But the good thing for them is that they get the number one draft pick because that's just how bad the Carolina Panthers are. Uh, the Steelers' effort on Sunday, holy cow. Um, beating the Seahawks in Seattle was massive. And I, I'm kind of shocked. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm uh, kind of, I was, I was thinking Seattle should run away with that game. The Steelers kind of in a spot where, you know, they won a game and kind of could let down, but now they're still somehow alive to get into the playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen. There's like a 20% uh, probability, but um, they're alive nonetheless. And uh, another good is trying to find some spots this weekend. There's motivations massive when it comes to week 18. It's almost kind of like a preseason game. Some of the stuff gets a little bit overblown. Some teams' second string actually isn't that bad. So keep that in mind when betting these lines. Obviously, the Ravens are dogs at home. You're like, what? why is that? Well, they don't need to play any of their players against the Steelers. You know, they don't need to uh, risk injury. Yet, what is John Harbaugh? He doesn't like to lose. He puts the starters in in preseason, right? Plays them a long time. You can see the Ravens just being motivated to make sure the Steelers don't make it. And maybe it's, they sacrifice an injury because of it, but that's just kind of how John Harbaugh is. Speaking of Harbaugh's, uh, Jim Harbaugh, you got to give him a lot of credit to make it to the next step here in the playoffs. Uh, lots was against him, and uh, what an amazing game against Alabama. They were kind of giving that game away, you know, uh, missed extra point, missed field goal, fumbled punt. That went to Alabama to give them some points. I thought Michigan was choking that game more than losing that game until they tied it at the end and won in overtime. You could take two things away from that game. Michigan's pass defense was fantastic. And Jim oh, and, and Jalen Milrow can't really throw the ball that well downfield. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was all legs. I thought I was watching like a poor man's Cam Newton out there. Um I'm not saying he's not a massive athlete. He's going to be drafted because of his athletic skill. And uh, But, geez, uh, don't worry about the pass as much. Just try to stop him is what the game plan should have been. And I thought Milrow did enough, uh, capitalized on Michigan's mistakes to possibly win that game. But we are on Michigan, and the public was on Alabama. Next is Tyrod Taylor. This dude is maybe the best backup in the NFL, and I would argue he's better than at least – 12 quarterbacks that are playing right now <laughs> you know uh I could say for a fact that this guy has kept the Giants in some big games and they should have won that game against the Rams on uh Sunday next Wyoming winning it for Craig Bowl on his retirement they're losing that game I feel dumb about it because I gave it out at two and a half and I actually bet it on the money line I don't know why I gave it out at two and a half I should have just gave it out on the money line but either way uh, tough for the the spread betters, but great for Wyoming and Craig Bull to finish out his career with a big W right there. Uh, next was Missouri against Ohio State. You know, they showed a lot of heart. Uh, they really cared about that game. Their fans were all invested. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, one hell of an effort they put up, and they eventually got to Ohio State in the fourth quarter. Took took a long time to get to them, but they did. Uh, next is Ole Miss. <laughs> How did they beat the crap out of Penn State and uh, make Penn State look bad? I thought that was a bad look a little bit for uh, that side of the Big Ten. But obviously, Penn State is Penn State. You know, that's what James Franklin likes to do, choke against good teams. Uh, Clemson-Kentucky finish was amazing. That was good this weekend. Uh, it was either Thursday or Friday, but, man, I enjoyed watching that kind of during the day a little bit right at the end. I uh, 
I like that. And uh, U of A football, beating Oklahoma. Man, we were on U of A, one of our earliest and largest plays. And U of A just showed that they had the motivation. They showed that they have their next quarterback in Fafita. And they showed that Jed Fish is a, a real competent coach, finally, in this program. And I think Arizona should be close to a favorite to win uh, next year in the Big 12. Next, the bad. And there's plenty of it. The Vikings. You know, uh, what is going on with you guys? You could have won out and guaranteed a playoff spot. And this is the, the product you put on the field against the Packers. What an unwatchable game that was. And holy cow, I, I actually have something on the ugly for you Vikings in the next few minutes or so. Uh, the Seahawks just choking, like I said, was bad. So the opposite of the Steelers, definitely the Seahawks. You know, losing at home when you have a shot to make the playoffs. And now, even with a win, you're not guaranteed in. The Packers have the tiebreaker over you. Uh, field goal kicker, Max Crosby. <sighs> Man, for the Giants, you missed that was it 51 yard field goal somewhat routine but dude they brought you on to make that field goal <laughs> i think he saw his job get eliminated as soon as he missed that kind of sad uh tampa bay what the hell was that you know you have a game that you can clinch the south at home against your rival the saints and that's the product you put on the field absolutely filthy tampa bay I mean, how do you go through beating these big names and then just losing to an overrated Saints team? Man, that was a head-scratcher. One of my big losses of the weekend. Uh, the Rams' performance kind of bad at New York. You know, you thought that they would have looked a little bit better and they were in danger of not making the playoffs if you know, they lose that and the next game. Well, they got it and they clinched themselves a wild-card spot for doing so. Man, the Rams have a lot of those just weird, close, luck-induced games. Another bad, Penn State's defense. Oh, my God, giving up 38 to Ole Miss. And they could have put on more if they weren't obviously taking knees. That was an ugly look. And I know you had some people sitting out, but I expected them to have some four-star guys kind of itching to play a little bit. That was a mess. And it was really Ole Miss's receivers that looked really good and towered over Penn State a little bit. Um, the next is Iowa State in their bowl game. Massive favorites. Losing to Memphis like that. Now, I know it was in Memphis, but still, you're the Power 5 team, which is soon to be Power 4. But still, man, you can't lose that game like that. It's it, it, Memphis looked good, though. They played themselves a dang good game. But, Ohio, but Iowa State, bad luck. Uh, next, another bad, Wisconsin. And you had that game. You had it. And just the massive Phil Longo boneheaded play calling. It, it's all, it's like he belongs on the Chargers or something. He belongs coaching the Chargers, how bad it was. You have to run the clock because LSU's scoring on you at will. You have a second-string defense in, right? A minute 40 left on the 18-yard line, second and one or two. What do you do? You're supposed to run the ball. Milk that clock and then score, you know. Then you just go to throw it. Massive fumble, loses about 15 yards. And then third and 15, you take a, a sack and make it fourth and 40. You know, it's like all you had to do was run the ball with your great Wisconsin running game on second and two. And that was the right. And then you just, you lost the game for the Badgers. You put Mordecai in a terrible situation. 
That should have been on my ugly, actually, the play calling from Phil Longo. These guys are just boneheads sometimes. Uh, next was uh, Florida Atlantic. Losing to Florida Gulf Coast. I mean, after you beat Arizona last week. But, hey, that's college basketball in a nutshell right there. And, of course, U of A, same deal. Losing to Stanford in hoops, letting them score 100 points on your ass. That is absolutely bad. And then finally, the ugly. It's back to the Vikings. Starting Jaron Hall when you could make the playoffs. And I texted my Viking friends and they're like, oh, they're probably tanking. I'm like, what? How do you tank when you can make the playoffs? It, it blew my mind. Now, I know Mullen isn't the guy, but he's way better than Jaron Hall. And making the playoffs is a big statement. They need to fire that coaching staff just because of that boneheaded mistake. Kevin O'Connell needs to go. I could not believe that. Unfortunately, I had the Vikings. and I bet them before they made that stupid decision. I couldn't do much with it. Uh, the refs on the Ohio State fumble. That was ugly. The, the quarterback clearly, they called the timeout to do a review. The coach is sitting there yelling like, dude, he fumbled it. We recovered it. And they still gave it to Ohio State. You're like, what the hell is going on here? It just absolutely blew my mind. How do you, how do, you do that without being deceptive? It just, it, I don't understand it. Uh, the next was ugly was Liberty. And, uh, you know, this team uh, didn't belong in the Fiesta Bowl. And they didn't play anybody this year. And Oregon put a whooping on them. And I probably should have put Oregon's guys playing in the bowl game as one of the goods as well. But, man, Liberty did not belong. And I live bet that baby under 67 and a half. And that thing hit with ease because I knew Liberty wasn't scoring anytime soon. Uh, next, the betting public, ugly, on Bama. They see a, you know, partial Penn State team, a partial Ohio State team get beat bad by the SEC. And uh, they go ahead and just uh, assume Bama's going to play hard and beat Michigan. You know, now I'm not saying it wasn't necessarily a bad beat for dog betters because any overtime beat is bad for dog betters. But Michigan was giving that game away with missed field goals, extra points, and turnovers. You know, I still think Michigan should have been favored by three and a half to four points in that. And I'm glad we put a three-star bet on Michigan. Uh, the next is the Orange Bowl. Oh, my God. What the hell was that? Florida State's fourth string playing in this game. What an insult. I hope this was the lowest rated Orange Bowl in years. And it's just those pompous ass hats uh, in these committees. Their fault for setting them up for failure in this situation. They're the ones that blew the Rose Bowl and still screwed over an undefeated Florida State team. This could have been the first year. You had four undefeated teams in the college football playoffs. Finally, the worst of the whole weekend that kind of set my mood from Saturday night, New Year's Eve, was official Brad Allen fixing the Cowboys game. Fucking bullshit! So this guy's been doing this for a long time. You can look at his home ATS record. It's ridiculous. I actually make it a point to not bet against him, usually, uh, in those situations. Now, the Lions covered, at least. But that was absolutely crazy because you saw the guy run up to Allen, and number 68, and check in as a receiver. You saw that, 
Alan just kind of turned and ran away. You saw him check in, you know. But Alan didn't want to hear it. He knew what he was going to do. He wanted to use that against them. He, for some reason, can't stand to have an away team win. And he throws the flag after the two-point conversions made in order to screw the Lions over. That was pure deception. That wasn't a mistake. That was on purpose. And I could prove it just based upon his records. He was also the ref in the Kansas City Packer game who refused to call pass interference on the Packers the whole last drive of Kansas City. You know, he, there's a couple other ones that were mentioned on Twitter. This guy is not just bad. He's corrupt. You've got to get him out of the league. And actually, there's more than him out there as well. Um, that was definitely the ugliest of the weekend. And I just don't understand how this can be allowed this day and age into 2024. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. All right, now it's time for a little NFL Week 17 misleading final scores. The Patriots outgained the Bills 294 to 281 yet lost 27 to 21 a 4 to 0 turnover ratio you got the Patriots who's you know fighting for respect right now the Raiders yards were mainly garbage time so I had to throw that one out they deserved to lose uh came back at the end uh Colts let them back in the Buccaneers yards were a lot of garbage time as well so I don't want to mention those when both teams were getting blown out most of the games and then the Lions outgained the Cowboys 420 to 384 yet lost 20 to 19 and there's equal turnovers, but it's, like I said, the officiating got the Lions. They at least covered their spread for people who were able to grab the plus four, plus five and a half, plus six. Uh, those numbers were pretty much available all week long. Now for NFL Week 18 betting spots. So, you know, this is not rocket science. The Ravens might bench everyone versus Steelers. He might not. I don't know. But it's still like a letdown flat spot. And same with the 49ers against the Rams. The Rams are in too, though. You know, so the Niner, the Rams could have a bad uh, offensive or defensive week by benching everyone because they're in the playoffs. I found that a very preseason-y game, uh, Rams versus Niners here, to finish out the season for the uh, NFC West. So, you know, get-up spots is really anybody who's – possible to make the playoffs the Texans and Steelers are on the bubble Steelers only a 29% chance to make it Texas 40 Texans 46 they get us got to beat the Colts and uh, the Jaguars also need to clinch they need to win their game at the Titans in the AFC South the Titans are going to want to play spoiler these teams that you think shouldn't be motivated sometimes are very motivated to play spoiler so keep that in mind so you know, the Jaguars, Bills, Colts, Texans, and Steelers, all in the big get-up spots. And same with the Buccaneers, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Saints, the Vikings, and the Falcons. Believe it or not, they are all in line to possibly make the playoffs. The Falcons have only a 10% chance. The Vikings have a 3% chance if something crazy happens and all these teams lose. Um, keep in mind, like I said, there's going to be teams that are motivated. Now, we also have to remember that the Cowboys, Lions, and Eagles should be motivated for the two seed. You know, avoid the Niners as long as you can. Get the two seed, and uh, I think that's key. And uh, that they're going to be motivated to win their games because of it. 
Um, I don't see anybody benching anything in that situation. So we'll follow the lines on that. On the AFC side, the Dolphins could clinch the two seed with a win, so they should be motivated and to take the Bills out. Now, the Bills can either make or break their playoffs by winning or losing this game. You know, the fact that they lost some tiebreakers is really unfortunate for them. Um, if the Dolphins lose, they could give up this, uh, the two seed to the Chiefs because the Chiefs beat the Dolphins in, was it Germany, I believe? Yeah, in Europe. And they have the uh, tiebreaker against the Dolphins. So the Chiefs could literally get a two seed with a win. So the Dolphins are going to be very motivated. The Browns are not. They're locked into the five seed, uh, but they're also playing a Cincinnati team that's bad. And Cincinnati might, you know, try, they're probably going to try to win here at the end and have finished nine and eight. I can definitely see some motivation for them, but that doesn't mean the Browns are going to completely give it up. They might have a pretty good second string playing. <laughs> you know, maybe you'll see DTR or something. You know, you might see, um, a couple backups play that are still trying to win jobs for next year. So keep that in mind. So that brings us to our free play for NFL now. <laughs> and we're going to go to the Bears. I took them at three and a half. I like them at three still. Try to find a three and a half against the Packers. This is just one of those spots that I just said. Uh, they want to take the Packers out. They want to prove something that Justin Fields fighting f- for a contract and to secure his job next year. You know, there's a lot of questions in the marketplace about what the Bears should do with their draft pick. And uh, Fields, the last few games, have been playing very good football. And now if you can just get out of the coach's way, uh, you know, you can win some of these games. But even with the Packers' big win against the uh, Vikings, the market kind of likes the Bears a little bit. And I think that's the right side because of it. The Bears are probably about equal power rated with the Packers, and I'm not giving the Packers three points for home field advantage. The Bears' run D has been number one over the past what, five, six, seven weeks? They've been absolutely amazing. Uh, Justin Fields has been a lot better. The Bears are extremely healthy as well. So quietly, the Bears' defense has been playing great in their offense with Fields as just a wild card, kind of like Kyler Murray uh, has been putting up some numbers. So we'll see what happens, but I like the Bears with plus the points here in this situation for two stars. You're ridiculously good-looking. All right, my friends, that's all I have for you today. Obviously, fantasy football is over. I was happy to win in Dave's league this year. Took him out uh, in the playoffs and won the championship in that league. Unfortunately, the other two I didn't. But uh, we'll, I'll take one out of three every single year if that could happen. Uh, hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at info at theoddsbreakers.com. Enjoy the rest of the week and go get some winners.